Oh, hello there. Thank you for tuning in to How to Live the Podcast, where we're just figuring out this thingy called life. We are your hosts, Jess and Steph Dadon. Hello there. I'm going to address this right up front. I know my voice sounds lower than it usually does. Oh my God, we're probably, we sound more alike than ever because usually I'm low, you're high, and that's how we tell the difference. Yeah. So just to get that right off the bat, got to be honest with you guys. I'm actually in Byron. So we are recording this episode in person in Steph's bed, which is so much fun. (laughs) Have you noticed they're always from bed or couch at the very least? That's why we love podcasts. I mean, that's definitely one thing that came out of last year that was wonderful. But I'm actually in town for a wedding and I've now probably had like three pretty late, pretty hectic nights. And so I think I'm just like feeling it and feeling pretty freaking dusty. But I am super excited to be here and I promise I will deliver on this podcast chat nonetheless. Great. So basically you have two Stephs today. And it's just like we're twins. It's twins on a podcast. Exactly. So I wanted to chat quickly about the follow-up of that episode that we did a couple of weeks ago about the married name change. Mm, One of our favorite episodes. So if you guys didn't listen to it, definitely encourage you to go back and have a listen. It's basically where Steph and I chat about how we feel about females changing their name when they get married. Yeah. And we've actually been really excited that we've gotten a lot of amazing, amazing feedback on that episode. It stirred up a lot of conversation in our Facebook group. And it's pretty cool because I really think if we released that podcast episode even two years ago, people would have been pretty outraged about it. But I feel like it shows how far our society has come that it was something that people were thinking about or it was something that people felt ready to talk about. I completely agree with you. And so something really, really funny happened last night that I actually wanted to share with you. Okay. So... When I was at this wedding dinner, there was a couple there that me and my friend were chatting to and they're married and they have a baby. And at one point, the wife mentioned that she hasn't changed her name yet. And Yet. I love the word yet. Yeah. So the friend that I was with was like, oh, I love that for you. Like, don't change it. Epic. And then the husband chimed in and was like, no, but it gets really weird. Like when our daughter will start going to school, you know, we need to present as a unit. So we all need the same name. And I was like, oh, perfect. Why don't you change your name to her last name? And honestly, he looked at me like I was an alien, like I had just said the most outrageous thing, like he'd never even heard this foreign concept. And he just promptly said, well, no, I don't want to do that. I like my last name. And I said, oh, but maybe she likes her last name too. And he was so disgusted. It was as if I like yelled at him and had been so, so rude that he actually walked away. Oh my God. I know. It was amazing. I loved it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and this is the kind of thought provoking conversation we want to be having where it's forcing people who've never thought about this to actually think about it. And I love that so many men say, 
well, no, I like my last name. Like they're so offended at the idea that somebody would take their last name. And it's like, "Uh uh-huh. Now think about what we all go through. Yeah, on the regular and what is expected of us. Anyway, you already know our opinions on that topic if you have listened to the podcast episode. If you haven't, definitely go check it out. But I am keen to chat about what we're getting into today. Same. I'm so excited for this one. We are going to be talking about this idea of bringing in a little more of the feminine energy to entrepreneurship. You know, we see a lot about the grind and the hustle and when women started to get into entrepreneurship, which was typically a male-dominated space, we took on a lot of those masculine attributes accidentally and we were like, now we have to hustle and grind. So we're finding a new way of doing things and we're so excited to share some thoughts on this topic with you. So without further ado, take it away, theme song. So the idea for this episode came about because I keep seeing people share things on Instagram that at first glance are really empowering for women. You know, it's like we can do anything we want to do. All we have to do is hustle hard for it. And these quotes that a few years ago I would have looked at and I would have been like, yeah, that's what I need to do to live the lifestyle I want to live. I need to prove myself. We need to grind away. Screw the nine to five. I work in all hours. We've spoken about this a lot on this podcast. And I think what I'm realizing now when I see that is that that doesn't have to be the way that we do things. And I think because that was the way a lot of men achieved, that was the way that when women came into this space of entrepreneurship, of running our own businesses, of even just being prominent in the workforce, we thought, well, we see how other people have been successful. So we need to replicate that in order to be successful ourselves. Mm, Yeah. And I know that definitely showed up a lot for me in the first several years of our business where I felt that pressure. It does not come naturally to me. Like I feel like my softer qualities are a lot more present. And then when we started this business and we started to go to all of these startup events and I would meet people and a startup program that we did, which was amazing, but it was exposing me to this way of life that was really grind. And I feel like I started repressing my quite natural qualities, which is more softer, more gentle, taking my time. And I replaced them with what I saw everyone else around me doing, which is this grinding, like we're talking about, you know, if you think about Sophia Amoruso and when she started Nasty Gal, like what was the one thing that she always said? You've just got to work hard. Like every hour is a moment to get shit done. There are those notebooks that say get shit done on them and I'm ashamed to say I actually have one right now (laughs) (laughs) but there is that messaging that has been put out there that after a few years of us doing what society was telling us to do we just turned around and we were like surely there's got to be another way Mm, because I think that what that is when you just said get shit done I think about okay, get shit done at all costs. And there's just like an undertone in that or an overtone that's aggressive. Mm. It's 
grind and get it done. And I feel like there's such a disconnect in that between my body and how my body feels. It's ignore your body, ignore what your body wants or needs in this moment. Don't go with the flow. Don't sense into anything. Don't use your intuition. Just override everything and get that shit done. I think it's also really product driven and not process driven and that's definitely something that I've felt a shift in within our work where we used to look to these big goals that we had you know world domination was like the thing that we used to say and that would drive us dominate yeah. dominate well that word dominate is such a dominating word yeah it's so unkind and so it didn't matter if I was up till midnight working and it didn't matter if I had to work on the weekend as long as I was pushing towards that end goal then I was doing what I was supposed to do and I think that that obviously does work for some people but I am not one of them and I need to be able to feel fulfilled and enjoy what I'm doing sure like I'm not doing every single thing throughout my day and thinking to myself, wow, I love this so much. You know, I work a lot with spreadsheets, although I do kind of like them. You love spreadsheets. But, you know, there are things in my job that I do that I don't necessarily love, but I think that the process really needs to come into it and thinking about how you're spending your day and whether if you die tomorrow, would that feel fulfilling for you? Mm, And I feel like there's this key word in there, that I kind of mentioned earlier that was we looked at how other people achieve success and we said we're going to follow that roadmap to success. And I guess what a lot of it has come down to for us is redefining success. Mm. And I think if your idea of success is domination, then you need to walk all over people in order to get there. But I think for us – we've kind of stepped back and naturally sort of started to reevaluate what success means to us. And I think a big part of our success is about the process because it's about enjoyment and fulfillment Mm. rather than this end goal that isn't actually attainable because once you get to that goal, you just want another one. And actually part of the reason why we've been doing less interviews on the podcast is because For the first year, we did a lot of interviews with entrepreneurs and a lot of them were saying those same things. We kind of went in being like, what are the secrets to success? And we started to get a lot of the same answers from people was that it was the simple things. It was enjoying their lives. It was the connections that they made that were giving them success. So we started to realize, well, we're trying to replicate other people's successes, but actually there's a lot more to it than that. Mm, And I think if you haven't sat down and actually done that exercise, do it. Like sit down and get a piece of paper and write at the top, what does success mean to me? Or what would my successful life look like? And start to carve out exactly what that means to you. I think we live in a society that dictates what success means and doesn't provide an opportunity to actually tell you that it's yours to define yourself how insane that we all work towards the same thing and then so many people that we spoke to like Steph said on this very podcast who we would all perceive as very successful if you say to them what's the most successful thing in your life they'll tell you my family my friends all those things they're not 
saying, oh my God, it was the time I landed this massive thing and then I bought this like fuck off house and now I get to... And now I'm the happiest person in the whole wide world and everyone's doing a study on me. Yeah, exactly. That's That's never happened. That has absolutely never happened. Yeah, I think that's a really good idea to write it down because I saw something on Instagram the other day that was talking about how just because something's worked actually it was TikTok it was this guy that Bianca sent to us on TikTok that we love watching and he was talking about marriage and then I got lost in a whole of his other TikTok videos and he was talking about how if you follow somebody else's steps of what they've done looking for success you're never going to get there because that was what worked for them And so a lot of this is looking external at what other people have done and have replicated it and looking at other people's ideas of success. And it's so easy when you're doing that to get caught up in what other people want and what's important to other people. That's when we start to play those games like who has the nicer car, who has the nicer house, who has the better job, who makes more money. But when we're able to cut that out and shut that out a little bit and we're able to go inward then we start to actually be able to consider what's going to make me happy, not what's going to make my parents happy, not what's going to make me look good, but actually what is really going to be fulfilling to me. Mm, And I love that you found that on TikTok or Instagram because I feel like for me, Instagram is still such a deeply toxic place in so many ways. And this definitely is one of them. We exist in a way that we actually know a lot of females in business personally. So Even if I'm not looking to someone for inspiration, we might follow them on Instagram because we have a personal connection with them. And so much of the stuff that I see on my feed is about, oh my gosh, I'm so burnt out because I've been working nonstop at this, this, this and that. And oh my gosh, look at my to-do list. Look how long it is. And oh no, it's Saturday, but I'm working. And it still is this badge of honor that I think as women we wear for the reason that we talked about at the beginning of this episode, because that's what men have always done and we just want to be seen as equal. So we feel like that is a badge. We really believe that it is a badge. And I think that when I look at Instagram, I forget what my version of success is. And I then take away that I feel bad about myself because I don't get to wear that badge. Even though I have found a better way of doing things, just being on that platform and being exposed to so many people who value this same way of doing things, which is basically just killing yourself day by day. It's so toxic. Mm, It's really toxic. And it's why I just can't be on Instagram. I have pulled out my old Nokia and I'm using that as much as I can. I've got my phone with me sometimes now, but the second I get into Instagram, I'm like, nope, get back out of it. It's just not good for people's mental health. Mm. And it's this comparison element, but even the fact that these so-called empowering Instagrams that a lot of us are following, they're still sending us these messages that are kind of wrapped up in bows because a lot of these Instagrams that have, you know, turn inwards and look at yourself and look at what you want still have those other messages on there too in subtle ways because it's just really woven in to our society. Mm. And I think for me, 
I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast, but even when I started thinking about becoming a yoga teacher was when a lot of this stuff started coming up for me where I, on one hand, was like, oh, I feel really pulled to go and do my yoga teacher training. And then another part of me was saying, but you own a business, but you commit to grinding at that business. But if you're going to spend hours on something, it should be on your business. This is what you do. This is what you breathe. That is you. Your business is you. And that took me a really long time to overcome, to start to think about the fact that I'm allowed to have more than one passion and I'm allowed to do things in my own way. And just because I'm really interested in becoming a yoga teacher doesn't mean I'm any less fit, any less qualified to run my own business. If anything, I actually think it's helped me because it's provided another creative outlet for me where I'm no longer feeling restless within my business thinking, oh, there's another part of me that doesn't feel like it's being serviced or paid attention to right now. Mm. What do you feel like helped you get to the point where you felt like you could train to become a yoga teacher and not just give everything to the business? I feel like it was probably you encouraging me because – you know, you're so- I, I was just fishing for that. <laughs> you're so much harder on yourself than like your sister or your friend would be on you, right? So I was having all this internal dialogue about how I should be this certain way and I should fit this certain box of being an entrepreneur. I think it took you saying to me, why don't you do that? That sounds like an incredible experience as a sister, but also as my business partner for me to then offer myself that same permission. Mm. You know, it almost takes that outside source, which hopefully eventually after enough time of doing things for yourself, you start to be that for your own person. But for me, I really needed someone outside of myself. And I think it really helped that you are also in this business with me to say, Oi, you can go and do that. Like, don't worry. I'll hold it down for three weeks. Like, go enjoy and explore. Mm, I feel like for me, I'm just thinking about it. I really needed to do the work of attaching my identity to my work and my success in inverted commas through work in order to go and have things outside of work. I think that my ego was so attached to my work that when I was so in it, the thought of going and putting my time towards other things meant, well, then I'm going to be less successful. Well, then other people are going to get ahead of me. I can't let that happen. So that's why I kept coming back to the work and that's what kept driving me to do more and more work. So what really did help me to let go of that ego was the self-work that I started to do, the books that I started to read by people like Brene Brown, the meditation that I started to do and breath work and really connecting inwards, I slowly started to just peel back naturally through that stuff, I think. A lot of the layers of my ego and naturally started to feel less of an attachment to work. And that's given me the space to be like, oh, well, what do I actually want to do? What is actually going to fulfill me? Mm, Yeah. And I'm just thinking back to like before you had started doing 
the self-work and we were very deep in the traditional idea of what an entrepreneur is and there wasn't one weekend where we didn't have some form of work on for like really lengthy periods of time and I just remember thinking to myself well this is just what being an entrepreneur is like Mm. I don't get to have two days off per week that's for people that work nine to five and whatever else but that's not for me and I felt guilty for wishing that I had a weekend at the time Elliot my boyfriend had very much a nine to five job came home from work and just sat around and had fun and then kicked off on the weekend and I was sitting there grinding away feeling so bloody envious of him but also feeling like I wasn't allowed to feel envious yeah and I feel like it's not like now we're sitting here and we're like and now our business has crashed and burned because we're starting to look at other things no it's the opposite it's actually because we do less work there's this thing in um, Vedic not to bring Vedic into everything but there's this thing in Vedic wisdom that they say do less achieve more do least achieve most and it seems so counterintuitive But it's pretty amazing to see how the more we let go of stuff, the more traditional idea of success we actually have. And that's because we create space for actual creativity. Yesterday, I was writing a blog post and I really wanted to get it done yesterday. It's topical right now. So I really wanted to just write it and get it out there. And I was using that grind mentality and I was sitting there and hadn't meditated yet all day, which is weird for me because it was about lunchtime. And I was trying to grind and I was trying to get it out and it just wasn't happening. And it was just a shit article. And then I went and I sat and I was like, all right, I'm going to meditate and this article is just going to come to me. And I sat for two minutes, literally two minutes. And then suddenly my eyes sprung open. I was planning on sitting there for 20. My eyes sprung open and I wrote this article so quickly and it just flowed out of me. And it was like, I could have sat there for hours trying to grind and writing terrible articles or just by creating space and and doing the opposite of grind, just like nurturing my body and listening to myself and just taking a moment of silence. Mm -hmm. Then I was in this amazing creative flow and it was one of my favorite articles that I've written. It's called Seaspiracy Turn Me Vegetarian, Now What? If that interests you, definitely go check it out on tubes.com. Hmm, I haven't read it yet. I'm excited to read it. I know. It's a great article. And it's just pretty amazing because when we do the opposite of a lot of the things that we've been told we need to do in order to achieve, then ironically, we end up achieving. Mm. And it sounds like when we refer to Vedic wisdom, that this is some like woo-woo thing that only we are into. But I think that it also sounds really similar to the 80-20 principle, which is a very renowned and accepted idea in the business world so it's funny the way all of these things kind of collide Mm, and we only accept them once science accepts them like meditation is big in the last 50 years and now that science has proven it we all do it but these people have been doing it for thousands of years thousands and thousands of years it's pretty incredible so In this new kind of more feminine form of entrepreneurship that we have been adopting, things look really different for us. We've taken Wednesdays off, not just for us, but our whole team has Wednesdays off. We recorded a podcast episode on weekend Wednesdays, which you can have a listen to, but 
it's pretty amazing how you'd think take one day of work out of the week and you'd think that, oh no, we'd all be going crazy on those other days. But it's actually just been, we're working smarter, we're more productive in the time that we are working, but also we're not running events at the moment. We used to a lot of the time have events on in the afternoons, in the evenings. Uh, We used to spend a lot of weekends working and not having fun. And now we're having a lot of fun. And I think we wanted to tell you this not to make you jealous, but to actually show you that there is another way and to start to normalize this idea of not working if you don't have to be. And obviously we're speaking, I guess it's a somewhat privileged perspective because there are a lot of people out there who do have to work. They have to work multiple jobs to make ends meet. But if you are in a position where the amount you're working feels like it's to prove something and not because you actually need to in order to put food on the table, then there is another way. And I think we need to talk about this more. And I'd love to see this being put out there more in messaging around entrepreneurship and losing this term girl boss. Even, you know, that idea of being a boss. We thought we had to come in there. Boss for me has like a, another domination connotation. And it's actually, we can be soft and gentle and kind and we can still be our own kind of successful and we can be also that perceived idea of success as well. We can achieve that too, all through this more feminine way of doing things. Mm. And I think something as well that I've really gotten out of this shift is that dedication and new ability to learn so when you shift out of that do 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 mode and you really take a step back to assess it allows a lot of opportunity for learning new things which inevitably your business or the business that you work for does benefit from but it's like this source of inspiration that you're not allowing yourself to get by just remaining at your desk and responding to emails or offering to help someone else just because you don't have anything else to do and you like to wear your badge of workaholic proudly. There is so many other ways that you could be filling your time that do benefit your working time. So like for me, that's been learning, that's been yoga, that's been meditation, that's even just been sitting around with friends and chatting and actually creating meaningful connections with other human beings. It makes work so much easier and flows so much better rather than just sitting down in your own little cocoon trying to make shit happen, you and your laptop. Like, What really happens with you and your laptop? Mm, Yeah, it feels like it feels like forcing it. Yeah. You and your laptop as square peg round hole vibes. You are the round hole. Yeah. Like just the two of you trying to like get it done. But it's that's not how to actually get things done. It's just how to feel like you're getting things done and how to feel like you're doing what you're meant to be doing. But like everything, let's question it. Let's shake it up it's so time like even if you were gardening and you were being in nature and you're getting your hands in the soil imagine how much 
you can learn from that, from these things that are very feminine, that our very masculine society has shunned. A lot of feminine qualities that we just say, oh, well, we don't need those. Those are weak. We've labeled them as weak for so long. So we haven't utilized them. We've been missing a whole big piece of life that actually is going to enhance the way we can work, not detract from it. And I also think that the level of productivity that we expect from ourselves is setting us up for failure. You are not a machine. If you think back to when people worked like before there was technology, they had to like go to meetings and actually travel to them. Maybe they could only have two meetings in a day. And they had to send each other letters at some point, like physical letters and wait for a response. Yeah, they were taking their sweet ass time. And I'm not saying that we should be as slow as them. Obviously, we do have these new technologies that allow us to get things done more efficiently. But it's just the fact that We don't need to be machines. And just because you can push yourself to that level of productivity does not mean you should. Because I guarantee you after a number of weeks, months or years of you doing that, you will get to a space where you feel completely burned out, where you feel like you've compromised your own self-worth for something that was not worth it. And then what are you doing it for in the first place? And I think that idea of because you can is so funny because, again, in this kind of Western approach to medicine, it's like, oh, yeah, my body can handle this. My body can handle this. But it's like, think about, well, do you get migraines? Do you have aches and pains? Do you have health issues? Like are you when, stressed? Do you have insomnia? Yeah, like when you or, or even the way when we get cancers and when we get heart diseases and things like this that are so, so common, we're slowly starting to learn that stress is contributing to these things. So even if you feel like your body can handle it, actually, there are so many things going on in your body. Like our bodies can't handle this. And I have a crazy stat that I heard the other day that is totally mind-blowing, which is that the amount of information that a person in the 1800s consumed in a lifetime is the amount of information that a person now consumes in one day. It's the wildest thing I've ever heard. It's as wild as the Byron Bay rain that is going on outside the window right now. So if you can hear that in the background, excuse us. But it's just totally crazy because we weren't designed. We haven't evolved in 150 years. Our bodies have not changed. It takes thousands and thousands of years for our bodies to change. We can't handle it this way. And it's not the most successful way of doing things. So why are we doing it? We're purely doing it because that's what society tells us is the right thing to do. And we are all about questioning what society tells us to do. And we hope you are too. I also think if you are lucky enough to be working from home right now, just start to dabble in this. You know, working for a company, it can be hard to start to implement your own working beliefs. But if you are working from home and you are literally within your own company, you have no excuse. Perfect. Start to dabble. Start to see what works for you. If you feel like you're going to get things done in a more flowy way in the morning, wake up a little earlier. If you feel like you'll get your groove in the afternoon, go to a yoga class at 9.30. You do you, boo. (laughs) Totally. Okay, so that feels like a really nice place to end things off. As always, we will be having further conversations on this matter 